Salutations! <laughs> and welcome to the 37th episode of the In The House podcast. Definitely 37. We looked it up and made sure. An official podcast of Scouse's House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters group of Louisville City Football Club. I am your host, Evan Floyd, and and I am buzzing to be here tonight. Buzzing! (laughs) Because we are, once again, supporters of the Eastern Conference champions, Louisville City Football Club. There's no one better in the East. Literally, no one. We've proven that. Yeah. No, I mean... Two years in a row, we've proven that. At this point, there's very little debate. Who's the best team in the Eastern Conference? Well, It's Louisville. Uh... Which means that we've got to preview a championship game tonight. We've got to talk about the USL Cup Final. Again. Uh, It is Sunday evening that we're recording this. I wanted to get this up early this week. I wanted to leave open the possibility of doing another recording if any fantastic information comes out. Something crazy happens. Also Also wanted to be able to give people something to do on Monday. Usually people are waiting for the coaches show on Monday yep. night and then they listen to it on Tuesday. Right. There's the barrel proof that happens on Tuesday and you listen mm-hmm. to it on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. There's final judgment that happens on Wednesday, you listen to it on Thursday. Yeah. It's it's you know, there's stuff. We wanted to make sure there was consistent content. Just so for much the content week leading up to the game. And also, because the game is being played on a Thursday, you got less time. To, yeah. con- to condense more information. Yeah. And so uh, we're going to kick it off for you. It's yeah, gonna, you're welcome. Yeah, come on. <laughs> come on, Lou City Nation. You're welcome. <laughs> to be able to preview a USL Cup champ- uh, championship game, to be able to review an Eastern Conference championship game, mm-hmm. I'm going to need I'm gonna need the Vanna White to my <laughs> Pat Sajak. I'm going to need the I Dick... I do walk really well. I'm just saying. I'm going to need the Dick Grayson to my Batman. Whoa. Hey. Whoa. Did I go too far? Uh. I'm going to need my partner and his name. Wait. Before I can tell you his name, i got to tell you where he's coming from. Tonight, he's coming to you live from a green bean farm outside of Salem, Oregon. It's Andy Frederick, everybody. Andy Frederick. Thank you very much. Oh, man. Here's here's the thing. Uh, I love green beans. I really do. I love them. Love green beans. Love picking them. And we just got past Halloween. Sure. And I thought, why not... Go pick green beans. Nature's candy. In Salem, and then they took me to Salem, Oregon. Yeah. It's the wrong Salem. But better green beans. Better green beans, not nearly as spooky. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm little, making the best of a bad situation. A little more hipstery. A little more hip, a lot more hipstery. Okay. Well, but you're there. Yeah. And somehow you still got to go and watch. I travel a lot. Us win. I travel a lot. A, and I uh, sleep very little, so I can. I could make all the games. You got to see us Ugh. win the Eastern Conference Championship, which was now two nights ago. I've had a day to digest. Yeah. I've had a day. We had a lot of anniversary stuff going you on did. this weekend. Congratulations. Thank Happy you anniversary. Four years of married to uh, to my best friend, my partner. I'll be honest. I am surprised she hasn't just murdered you in your sleep. It's She's attempted it twice, but fortunately she's really, despite all of her many wonderful qualities, mm-hmm. she's bad at physical violence. Which works out well for me. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, right? frankly, like, it's something I looked for in a wife. <laughs> so, uh, no, I got to have some delicious Jack Fry's dinner yesterday and go Excellent. see Harry Potter with the orchestra last night. Oh, which yeah. Was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and for so, those of you who don't know, Evan 
uh, is a massive. Massive isn't even like. No. That's not, that doesn't do it justice. Uh, he might be the Harry Potter fan in Lulwold. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan, and uh, obsessive is is a tough phrase. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like rocking Harry Potter underwear or anything. I'm just I, I I've read them many, many, many times. I've done the I've done the vacation spots. Right. I've, uh, I may or may not own multiple wands. Yeah. It's just you know it may not be my proudest thing, but it's something that I enjoy. Hey, it's something and, you love, and I'll never begrudge somebody. No, and uh, the Louisville Symphony Orchestra did an amazing job. Oh, on they're the, amazing. Uh, so. Yeah. And so, Andy, do you have anything to report? Because the minute we stop pleasant, you know, you and me life banter, mm-hmm. we're folding into Lou City 24-7 here. And I, I need us to get all this out of the way. Anything um, anything good going on in your life? Um, you know what? It's, right now, Louisville City is kind of overshadowing. I did go to an excellent wedding last night for a friend and co-worker. Sure. It, it was a beautiful wedding. They're, I wish them all the happiness in the world. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I am fighting a little bit of a hangover, but it's fine because the purple stuff. It's it's it, helping to settle us. It, it gets your levels right. Yeah. Um, but it's been it's been a heavy purple stuff weekend. It really has between the championship game, anniversary, and wedding type it's, stuff. It's, it really really has. Um, but you know, the the this is kind of overshadowing everything mm-hmm. in my life right now. So. I get that. I have no shame in that. <laughs> I get that. No shame. <laughs> I'm completely fine with it, to yeah. be perfectly honest with you, because yeah. let's let's get down to brass tacks here. Let's just do it. It's time to talk about our boys. Let's oh. find out. Are we going to talk about the Eastern Conference Final, or are we going to talk about the upcoming USL Cup Final? Andy, flip that coin. All right. What a hell of a flip. It's a tails. Tails, ladies and gentlemen. Which means we get to begin, and I'm glad about this. Mm-hmm. We get to begin by talking about the Eastern Conference Championship game, which just took place. Yeah. That's fantastic. It was an amazing game. Oh, come you on. You just looked me. Like, again, like, you can't say anything about it but to say, oh, well, we looked at me. Like, it just doesn't, there's nothing you can say about that game, about the way we played, the way we looked. That does it justice. I'm, I'm going to get all of the criticism I've got about the game out of the way in the first minute here because there's very little. Yeah. Our first 15 minutes of the game, we looked a little like we were settling in. We didn't look like we had our pedal to the metal yet. We didn't look like we had everything figured out and that we were ready to dominate. It is what it is, that sort but of thing. But we've been kind of doing that. Though. We have. Like, we've been doing that. We have. Uh, and it wasn't even like we were playing badly. It just looked like we maybe you know, were trying to feel things out, and uh, they, they brought it to us for the first... Like 10, 15 minutes. They did. Where they had some chances, but I mean, we also had some chances mm-hmm. in that first time. Uh, before we talk about Cam's regrettable exit from uh, the game, I'll say that I was shocked he had a breakaway one-on-one with the keeper and didn't convert, which is, yeah. I think, the first time all year that he had a breakaway one-on-one with yeah. the keeper and didn't convert. He tried to go fancy outside of the foot and uh, flick it over uh, Evan Loro. but it was uh, not, not his best effort, didn't get it. And then about two minutes later... On a similar run to the similar spot on the field, uh, making contact with their <clears throat> freakish giant their in Dom. Tree of a, <laughs> yeah. And uh, they, they were banging, and uh, Cam took a fall. 
And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's no other way of saying it. It looked bad when he fell. We thought it was his shoulder. Yeah. The way he, he landed and the way he laid there for a second, all of us in Scouts' house, we were convinced and it, it looked shoulder again. It looked like the fall was a shoulder. I mean, it was right there in front of us. Uh, yeah. And uh, we didn't have the angle to be able to see him clutch the hammy when he went down. And go back and watch the replay, and you can see him uh, okay. clutch at the leg. But, I mean, we didn't have the angle to see that. What we did see was him fall awkwardly on a shoulder he'd injured earlier in the yeah. year. And it thought, oh, man, this is this is bad. Still bad. Uh, it's the it's the hamstring. Uh, we don't have any new information on it. We don't have any updates for you. That is the disadvantage of doing this <clears throat> pod on Sunday we night. Don't have, yeah. We don't have any new information about the leg. We know that uh, if he can play, he will. Mm-hmm. And that's about all we can say about it is that he had to come off. Uh, had to come off early. I think it was like the ninth or 12th minute, somewhere in there. The nice thing, though, about Cam going off is we have a starter yeah. for any other team in the league, a guy who led our team in goals last year, coming off the bench, the guy who was the starter for us in the USL yeah. Cup Final and the yeah. Eastern Conference Championship last year, a guy that some of us at the beginning of the year said we preferred to Cameron. Yeah. And uh, so Luke Spencer comes on, and he played a whale of a game. A whale of a game. He's such a physical player. Like, he's so, like, like his presence mm-hmm. is just, it's watching it's watching a car, a large car, drive through go-karts yep. up the middle. Well, and it felt to me like it neutralized it in Dom and what he is. You're <laughs> I was just going to ignore it, brother. You're Thank fine. You. No, I'm going to call it. Uh, he, uh... I felt like Luke really neutralized Indom throughout that game, uh, made Indom not a factor. And that's yeah. maybe something that, I mean, now listen, Cam scored five goals against that guy over the course of two games. Yeah. It's not like Cam couldn't have uh, had an impact. Right. But I liked that, uh, you know, he went physical for physical with that guy. And uh, really, it took him out of the game entirely and opened up a lot of space, a lot of space. Mm-hmm. For uh, Brian to be operating, oh, yeah. I thought Niall and Illy took some great oh, yeah. advantage of those spots, and uh, we end up, you know, giving up a cheapish penalty. Now, listen, there's been debate about the penalty that we gave up to uh, New York. Yeah, uh, the debate mostly centers on whether or not George clipped that guy's heel. If Quattro did clip the heel. The guy went down and, you know, good on him. You earned yourself a penalty kick. He did his job. If yeah. if George did not clip the heel, then the guy went down and he did his job and he earned his team a penalty. I mean, you know, nobody likes that style of play, but that, there's a reason why that style of play is so prevalent. Yeah. If you can get a call when you're going down in the box, then, you know, that's going to be a huge advantage for and your it's, team. It's that style of play that... Arguably won them the game against Cincinnati. Agreed, where they were going down for any old thing and getting some calls, and they managed that throughout the rest of this game too. There were a yep. lot. There was a lot of just banging mm-hmm. and people going down. I mean, I think that there ended up being seven yellow cards oh, in yeah. this game. Uh, that's a ton of yellow cards. Mm-hmm. It was a chippy game, and they, you know, that's that's what they want. They want to muck it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately. As, uh, as our good friend Kevin Kernan said, uh, ball don't lie. Yeah. So uh, maybe that was uh, deserved, maybe it wasn't, but the PK did not come close. No, it was actually, I, and I, did, I guess I didn't realize because this happened on the opposite side of the field from us. Yeah. It in looked front like of the he Coopers just, instead of Scott's. Happened in front of the Coopers. It, from our 
vantage point, it looked like he just shanked it. Yep. But when you when I watched the highlights and the replay, he slipped. Oh yeah. Turf monster reached up and got him. Yeah. No. What I mean, and here's the here's the thing, and this is there's been a lot of complaints online about the about Slugger Field. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of them. Yeah. And uh, maybe they're deserved. Maybe. It's not a good field to play soccer on. It's no. not. Now, we have mostly figured out how to play on it. But these guys have been here before. It's not like, you know, they moved turf no. out there for this penalty kick for them to step on. They're used to it. They warmed and up you, on it. I mean, it's... And you've got, well, to be fair, we warm up on that end. They warm up on the end with the grass uh, in front of Scouse's oh, house. Well. Which is smart, but but they've still been here. They've played here before plenty of times, and also, uh, you know, like you're aware. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about it so much about the playing conditions at Slugger. It's not like the guy was thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna." It's exactly like grass. Mm-hmm. He knows it's not exactly like grass. Yeah. Take the extra. Take the extra time. Think about what you're doing. Yeah. Make sure you've got your plant foot planned. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're thinking about it because it's. I mean, to me, it looked like he just thought, "I'm taking a penalty, like I pay, take a penalty." Yeah. I'm sorry, man. That was a mistake. It's not a surprise. No, we're not. We're no. Not. And you know, you could say that, like, maybe the. I mean, it was the Eastern Conference Final, and maybe I don't care how good of an athlete you are. Like, there, it's so much of this game is a mental game. Absolutely, all athletic. It's a mental game, and at that level, when those with those stakes, yeah. Something's going to get in there, mm-hmm. and maybe he just felt rushed. Maybe, but like you said, take your time. Yeah. If, you, if you have the opportunity, take your time and think about it. Yeah, if I'm him, if that. I'm him, while everybody's milling around, I'm running up to the spot and pretending to take a couple of kicks, checking out the footing. Yeah, because I mean, there's a solid, you know, forty-five seconds Absolutely. to two minutes of everybody milling around, complaining, doing. If you know you're taking a penalty kick and it looks like it's a surface that's unusual to you, mm-hmm. then think it through. Yeah. Take your time, make a plan, and this guy didn't, and uh, he, he, they missed out on taking an early lead because of it. Yeah. In Greg's defense, even if that ball gets kicked properly, it was obvious Greg was going the correct direction. Yeah, and I feel like we have a good shot at making a save there, even if he, he puts it on it. frame. I think even he if he puts it. it on frame, yeah. So I think he was on it. I mean, but regardless, he was clearly going top middle. Yeah, and Greg guessed right, and obviously he misses. Gives Louisville City a giant jolt. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the game couldn't have started worse. We miss a one-on-one with the keeper. Yeah. Our top goal scorer, USL record-scoring, record-setting goal scorer, goes yeah. out in the first 15 minutes. And then immediately they get a penalty. And it really felt like, oh, my God, is this going to be one of those games? Yeah. And instead, he misses. Everybody settles the heck down. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, all right. And from that point forward, we dominated this game. You could feel, after it happened... You could feel the energy in the entire, like, you could just feel it change. Everything. And right then, everybody, it's like everybody knew, okay, this is our chance. Yep. We've got a chance to do this now. Yep. And we just took it and ran with it. They did. Uh, Illy made a beautiful run into the box and got uh, got completely decleated. Yeah. So uh, he gets, gets turned End over end, uh, an extended arm. It was not shoulder to shoulder. He gets the elbow up, raised Illy off the ground, and dumps him. No call. Nothing. No call. That was infuriating. It was infuriating. But then we get a corner kick moments later. Mm -hmm. Uh, We take the short corner. 
They feed the ball to Illy right there in the corner of the 18-yard box, and uh, Illy goes down. Yeah. And Ilya looked like uh, maybe he went down easier than he absolutely had to. It was There was contact, but it yeah. did not look like a penalty in front of us. Mm. It looked like a makeup call. Yeah. Both a makeup for New York getting a uh, penalty kick yeah. and for Indom calling that. Yeah. the other one. And so it gets called, and man... I think this is the fourth time this year when Ilya just said, everybody get out of my way. Yeah. I'm taking this. Yeah. You can see it on his face. He's like, no, this is mine. And he's every time he's taken a penalty this year, it's been that way, where he just goes straight to the ball and straight to the spot. I'm not having a conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to my captain and saying, who gets to take this? I'm not looking over at the coach like, hey, no, who no, do you no. want to He's not it? asking permission. He's, he's saying, not clearing it. This he is said, me. This is, this is what's happening. And he, he each does, time. He does exactly what I love seeing somebody do for a PK. Don't get fancy. Don't get cute. Pick a spot and rocket it. Yeah, and he didn't catch this one as good as he usually does. No. But picked a corner, put it in the corner. And uh, Loro guessed the wrong direction. If he guesses right, he's got a 50-50 shot at saving it. But uh, he didn't guess correctly, nope. and so we get the we get the lead, and then we're just off to the races. Oh, yeah. Everything feels good. Everything's feeling right in that time. Yeah. Uh, I thought, all right, let's talk some broad strokes. <clears throat> The middle of the field was a barren wasteland throughout this game. It was a street fight. There was there was nothing going no. through the middle of the field. Neither team could get anything going. I thought that Paolo played a great game just because no one was letting anything happen in the middle, and he was making sure that, the, that Red Bulls had nothing through the middle also. Yeah. The ball was going to have to travel down the wings. The ball was going to have to travel outside in as mm-hmm. opposed to inside out. And I thought he played great. Yeah. Uh, that's That was a captain-style game from Paolo where he just said, uh, I, I may not be able to win the game from in here, but we're not going to lose the game from in here. I got you. Right. And he was a madman. He was all over the field. Oh, man. He played great. Uh, because, like you say, it was a rock fight in yeah. there. It he, was like haymakers. It was like every time the ball was in midfield, and it didn't matter which half it was on. Every time the ball was in midfield, it was like dropping a quarter into a blender. Like yeah. you just didn't know. It was like what? <laughs> What's happening? Uh, and I thought we did some nice combination play, getting out, getting the ball out wide. Oscar and Kyle, as per usual, hooking up nicely with uh, both George and uh, Nile and Brian. Yeah, Brian Ownby, To me, yes. We'll get to Speedy Williams, well-deserved man of the match. I thought Brian Ownby, again, was the most important player on the field. Stretched the field throughout the whole game, consistently beating dudes to the spot, consistently beating guys to the corner, Mm -hmm. and then making one guy miss and putting pressure on the middle of the field. It wasn't even just like he's rushing to the end line and then sending in hopeful crosses. Mm -hmm. He was getting the ball at you know 20 yards deep and 20 yards wide, and then making one guy miss, cutting in towards the goal, and saying, you're yeah. either going to have to come and stop me, or I'm coming at you. Yeah. The, it was the great. fun thing about watching Omi play, it's not just his speed. It's his explosive speed almost out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, dude goes from 0 to 100. Yeah. There may be in this league, and I'm sure there probably are, they're faster guys than him mm-hmm. over the course of a, you know, end line to end line sprint. Right. I don't think anybody starts and stops faster than he does. I don't think anybody has better explosion from nothing, like right. you're saying. I think that's why he's so good at pulling the 
pulling them apart. He it's gets because a it's step. out of nowhere. And he gets a step on you right from go, yeah. and then you're playing catch up. And he did he did that throughout this game. Uh, I loved watching him play. I thought that, you know, he just he he is he's the most dangerous guy on the field. And I don't care if he never scores another goal for us. If he does exactly what he's been doing in these games, then we're gonna win a lot of games. Yeah. Because you can't you cannot defend that effectively no. without throwing two guys at it yeah. to shut him down. And that means you're opening up play in the middle. And he did exactly that for our second goal where before we got to halftime, he beats a guy down the left wing and then plays in an uh, inch-perfect pass, mm-hmm. whipping in on an angle and with curve so that it gets past the keeper. I mean, it gets past the defender trying to run back. Yeah. Gets in front of Evan Loro, who's coming out trying to cut it off, and just lands on Luke's foot. Right. Dead sprint, and Luke just, all he has to do is not miss. And I'm sorry, Luke Spencer doesn't miss from there. No. From five yards out no. with nobody <laughs> in the way, it's, uh, he's going to put that home. Yeah, and he did. And 2 nothing. everybody just sort of takes a big sigh. Yeah. Okay. It's going to take something special to beat us in this game mm-hmm. now. And the, the rest of the first half, I mean, it was. It was it was back and forth action. There was stuff going on for both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York Red Bulls is good. I mean, yeah, they're, absolutely. they're a good team and they're a dangerous team. And so, yeah, they're going to get their chances. Hats off, as always, to Paco and Alexi for just being God. stalwarts back there. Stalwarts. It's ridiculous. They're like two sentinels. Yep. Uh, and they they've divided the field in half and said we got this. Yeah. Like don't don't come to me, don't don't bring that weak sauce at yeah. me. Do you know who I am? And uh, you go into halftime feeling really good about how everybody played, mm-hmm. feeling really good about the game. Greg also had a nice half. Oh yeah. And uh, everybody at halftime was having drinks and smiling and maybe already thinking a little bit about uh, a, a USL Cup final. Yeah. We come out and we were a little slow off the jump again in the second half. Uh, New York's throwing everything forward, trying to make stuff stick because they have to at that point. We had a couple of nice clearances. Again, really pleased with. I'm always really pleased with how Paco Craig plays. Oh my God! It's yeah, anytime, anytime somebody's coming up on him, you just feel bad for the guy. It's it, like this ends poorly for you. But you're gonna either <laughs> you're either gonna give the ball up in a direction you don't want to, or Paco's gonna take it from you. Yeah, and that's what kept happening. Yeah. Uh, finally, they had two really nice Red Bulls had two really nice mm-hmm. scoring chances against us. Uh, one of them, a header that Greg makes a reflex ankle save on. That was insane. It was and a that's great the save. kind of and that's the kind of save that only somebody at Greg's level can mm-hmm. make. It's that split second. Right. That's the difference between. Don't even think about it. Nope. Well, here's the. This is the interesting thing to me about goalkeeping. If you were a high school goalkeeper, or if you played in a competitive rec league as a goalkeeper. You tend to think the difference between professionals and me is not the same mm-hmm. as guys who are strikers, between the difference between them and Cam. Right. Like, nobody's thinking, oh, I could do what Cam does. No, you can't. But there are idiots out there who think, think, I could do what Greg's yeah. doing. It's that sort of thing, the, uh, the fast twitch muscle response mm-hmm. that you can't be trained on, that it is pure instinct and physical God-giving ability mm-hmm. and really nice positioning. So all of those things combining there for him to make a terrific ankle save on that header. Yeah, it was great. 
It was a great save. I was thrilled to see it. And uh, Greg is, he's playing really well right now. Greg looks like he is, in, in, you know, rightfully so, because we won the Eastern Conference. But all playoffs, he looked like he was legitimately enjoying yes, himself. Yes, way more than he ever a has. A lot more smiles. He gave the ball kids some dabs that one game. Yep. Like he had a grin on his face. It yep. was like, this is the Greg. That we this is great. we don't usually get to see. He's yeah. but I mean that's part of being a goalkeeper also is that you have to be one hundred percent dialed into what's yeah. happening at all times. Yeah. Because you never know when somebody's going to launch a shot from forty five yards and try to catch you sleeping. Yeah. You never know when you know they're going to start a run on you and if you happen to be two inches out of place, you're in the wrong place and you're yeah. going to give up a goal. Uh, the second of New York's uh, opportunities was very similar. A guy cutting across the eighteen yard box. Uh, Barlow, mm-hmm. who is a kid, and uh, made a really nice run. There was a perfect How ball onto his seventeen. Jeez. Yeah, and a really nice ball right onto his head, dead yeah. center on his run. And there's nothing anybody can do about that. No. The only thing anybody can really do there is shut it down at the source, which mm-hmm. means you've got to stop him from engaging the run in the first place. Mm-hmm. After he's started making the run, if they're going to play the ball in that well, it's it's over. Yeah. The only other option is to tackle him, and then you've given up a PK and probably get yourself a red card. Yeah. So uh, it was a perfect ball in. It was a perfect run from him, and he puts it home. Mm. Fine. 2-1, and I'm not going to lie. At that point, I was not nervous. I was cautious. Yeah. I thought this is we don't want this to turn into another 6-4 game where we have to, you know, be constantly fighting back. Right. And we said in that moment we need to get a third and we need to get it quick. And at that moment Speedy Williams comes on the oh game. Oh my god. Speedy Williams comes in the game and I'm sure and I've heard this from uh, Soccer City Radio where everybody's saying you bring Speedy in there to start sort of controlling the middle of the field a little more. Yeah. Let him play with Paolo in the middle and maybe possess the ball a little bit, maybe be able to thwart some attacks, get some interceptions, some tackles. But instead, Speedy came on the field and just said, you know what, I'm going to get a brace. I'm going for a fork <laughs> lightning. I'm not here for ball control. No, this I'm is- here to score. And Speedy Williams and puts in two damn goals in eight minutes. And it wasn't even on, like, weird plays. Like, it wasn't even no. on a weird chance. Like, no. it was on a cross. The the one, the, the first one, he just makes the smart run after, uh, after they had sucked the ball into the middle mm-hmm. of the pitch. There's an open space on the right. Him and Illy both made the same run. Gets fed to him, and he just hammered it home. Yeah. Exactly like you're supposed to. Yeah. And then uh, not, not eight minutes later, the ball falls to him at the top of the box. And this is... If you go back and listen to the In the House podcasts, this is something that has happened for him throughout the year, Mm -hmm. where the ball will fall to him at basically between 16 and 20 yards, Mm -hmm. and he's got an angle to score. And frequently throughout the year, he has tried to take that with the side of his foot and pass it to the perfect spot in the goal, maybe overthinks it, and he skied several of these. Right. Several of these. And I have regularly said he's going to get this. That's a thing that's going to fall for him this year. And man, it felt good that he went it, laces right through the right straight through the ball, yep. a laser beam curving away from Evan Loro into the back of the net, and then it's pandemonium. It's four yep. one. Everybody, it's like the seventy eighth minute. Yep. Everybody just goes, "Oh, we're moving on. This, this is, is gorgeous. This is Thank it. you." 
At that point, Jay Hindenock, another member of Scouse's house, Jay Hindenock even made the comment. He said, save it for for Thursday. Save it for Thursday. We might need those goals later. (laughs) We might need those goals later. No, it was it was so it was such a relieving feeling. Like the three one, it went okay. We're we're in good shape now. It's going to take yeah. something special to beat us. Four one, like, it's no, over. Yes, yeah, it's for them. that party started at that yeah. point, and also the party started for us because right before Speedy scored his goal, Brad Estes joined us in Scouse's house in the sixty fifth minute for mm-hmm. a beer, as he is wont to do. Yeah, and uh, from that point on, we were cooking and. Cooking and dominating, and uh, I got a I got a message from Brad saying, "Of course he'll be there in the 65th well, minute yeah. in the final." Uh, he's made a habit of this throughout the playoffs, and uh, it's worked out really well yeah. each time. I think we've gotten a goal with yeah, him standing there every single game. Uh, there was a lot of Brad talk on the internets about him celebrating the missed PK from uh, from New York. Uh, I love it. And, yeah, absolutely. And now I, I am a, an avowed big fan of Scott Stewart. Yeah, I think he's done really good things for Absolutely. media at this at this club. Uh, Jonathan before him was really was also very good at his job, but I love what Scott's been doing, and he's brought a level of professionalism and important you know gravitas to the role, which I think he's doing a nice job with. Uh, I disagree with him on this. I love. Brad being that animated as yeah. a fan group, maybe if you're a professional and you have to, part of your job is what the what the club looks like, maybe it's not great. But I'm sorry if you're a fan group and your president yeah. is out there dancing, celebrating, drinking, carrying on, high fiving. How do you not love that? Yeah. It, it gets you excited about the club. Well, I think one of the one of the things about Louisville City and Hack has said this, and teammates have said this, like. One of the things is involvement with the community and the fans. One of yeah. the things is how transparent they try to be and like how like in touch yeah. with the people who care about them they try to be. And to me, to see a president get that excited and to make sure to get both supporters groups and like be there. Yeah. I think that says a ton about this club in general. It's the embodiment of how they feel about our community, and I love that. Yeah. I love that. Also, we get to see Dave Walkovic throughout the game. He'll come over and say hi and check in on everything, make sure everybody's having a good time. The the, the level of involvement from the club, it feels good. It makes everybody feel involved. And I'm going to reference uh, the final judgment from last week. Jordan Cooper did a really nice job of talking about how maybe it's not so important that we worry about bringing in you know, 10,000 fans a game. Especially if eight th- or if four thousand of those fans might only ever come to two or three more games, right? Make sure that the seven thousand people that want to be at every single game that have to be there, make sure that they feel like this is a family. This yeah. club cares about me. This club, because I mean, and it's not wrong. I would pay sixty bucks a game to go Absolutely. to these games. Whereas those people, if you're having to beg people to come in for eight dollar tickets mm-hmm. and just hoping to put butts in seats, those are not. What make a club? What yeah. makes a club are the people who are going to be there no matter what. And if you lose them, you've lost you've lost the club. Right. And I, I honestly believe that at a certain point, and I could be, I have no like empirical evidence for this, but I feel like the players know that. Oh, absolutely. They feel that loyalty. And you can see. And it makes it special for them. Yeah. And you can see on the players' faces after they score goals on either end of the pitch, you know, Alexi standing there pointing up at Scouse's house, oh, yeah. getting nuts. Uh, you can see Cam, you know, tipping his cap. 
you can see people just getting amped up and how they care about what the the fan Absolutely. groups are doing. Uh, I, I I love the how involved the club is with Absolutely. the supporters groups, and I can understand if I was somebody paying one hundred and twenty dollars to have a suite mm-hmm. that maybe I wouldn't love the idea that they cater first to the supporters groups. But it's how you build a culture. Yeah. And the the suites aren't going away. Mm-hmm. But if you lose the people who build TIFOs, if you lose the people who hang flags, mm-hmm. if you lose the people who start the chants, play the drums, yeah. those are the people that make a club. And I love Brad, Dave, Absolutely. Uh, the all of the the guys walking around on the field giving us some love, you know, high-fiving, jumping yeah. around. I love that. I think that's how you get excited about a team. And you could see it in their faces that this was not manufactured. No. These are guys yeah. who it's the Eastern Conference final. They're going nuts. How are you supposed to be like, "Oh yes, very good. Yeah. No, Nicely no, no. done, team. We're very proud of you." No, no, no. You jump up and down. You're getting yeah. excited about this. Yeah. That's what being a fan is, and it changes how you feel about the organization if you realize that it's an organization made of fans. Exactly. So, I love seeing it. And, Absolutely. Uh, so, he comes over in the 65th. We get the two extra goals to, to salt the thing away. 4-1, everybody's partying, everybody's feeling good. The game's done, essentially. A couple more yellow cards issued to New York for some cheap-ass fouls. Yeah. It is what it is. But then, because you got to fear the beard... Brian Ownby says, whoa, 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 it's a playoff game and I haven't scored yet. Let me get in on this. I need to go ahead and do that. Yeah. Uh, Takes the pass, shoots first time, has it saved. He doesn't care. He runs straight through the ball, puts home the rebound, 5-1, and the party is on. It's on. No stoppage. No. No stoppage. 5-1, second half, no stoppage. And there weren't really any injuries in the second half. I mean, what you can say maybe there should have been one or two minutes for the goals. I think the during regular season there would have, they would have at least given two minutes. But you're down four, and the only possibilities here are is more yellow cards. And, yeah. oh, my gosh, what if they got two? Let's say you gave them a minute and a half, two minutes of stoppage time, and New York Red Bulls scored two goals. Yeah. You still lose by two. There's no there's no defining, and nobody cares about goal differential at this yeah. point in the season. It's who wins, and we had already won that game. I have no problem with there being no stoppage time. Yeah. None. You can tell Coach Hack said when we interviewed him, and he said it multiple <coughs> times before, the important thing right now is winning. Yeah. Doesn't matter how. Doesn't, doesn't have to look good. Nope. Win. And you can tell that he has drilled that into them. And it's you watch them play, and it's not that they want to win. It's not just that they're so hungry to win again. It's that they know that they can win again. I may have this wrong, and if I do, sue me. I believe we're now at nine straight wins. We are. Nine straight wins. And the number in my head is that we have outscored our opponents 28-5 to in those nine games. That's insane. These guys are just, they're just murdering people right now. They're just out there crushing souls. Yeah. We've had three playoff games, and in those three playoff games, we've had three different players score a brace Mm -hmm. and none, I'm sorry, a forked lightning. And none of those three players is the all-time single-season goal-scoring record holder Cameron Lancaster. That's how dangerous we are. Three different players. That's how absolutely dangerous we are. Nobody wants us right now. There is nobody who wants to see us right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the postgame was delightful. 
Uh, I loved how much time the team spent walking around the pitch. Oh, yeah. Getting their high fives, getting their hugs in, getting their thanks to the fans. They brought the cup to everybody. They brought the cup to the Coopers. They brought it over to Scouse's house. They raised it like they understand. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. I actually regret that I'm not there for that. Like, I sometimes wish that I could be there for the uh, mm-hmm. for the walk around. I'm, I'm rushing over to try to get to the postgame stuff. Yeah. And I'm not that upset this time because I got to be out there on the field uh, videotaping uh, for uh, Scouse's house and uh, sort of collecting information about uh, yeah. the vibe on the field. It was cool. Yeah. We we the one of the cool things is that when the team walks over, and I love that they do this now. I love that they the entire team mm-hmm. circles the field for all the fans. But one of my favorite things is that when they start walking towards Scouse's house, when we see Sean Tosh, everybody starts chant starts chanting Hulk, Hulk, oh, yeah. Hulk, and he hears it and he does the arm pump because he knows because he knows it's great. It's great. I mean, and we got we started that. That's a that's a fun thing. But uh, no, it's it's special. They get to raise another piece of hardware, another Eastern Conference Championship trophy. It's not the cup they want, but it's a cup, and it's exciting. If if we were to go on and lose this next week, which I will get to, mm-hmm. but if we were to go on and lose this next week, it was still another great year. The beasts yeah. of the East. You finish the year strong. And uh, I'm I'm just I'm just tickled for so this we've, team. So we've in our four years of existence. Yep, we've been to the Eastern Conference Final four times. Four times. Yeah, we've won the Eastern Conference Final twice. Twice. Yeah, we've never lost at home in the playoffs. We've never lost. Oh yeah, we've never lost at home in the playoffs. Yep. Um, we have one USL Cup so far. So far. Under yeah. our belts. Yeah. In four years of existence. What I'm getting at is that in four years of this team's existence, yeah. that's how good we are. Yeah. It's not normal. And I, yeah. do, I think it's, it's you know, you talk about the concept of being spoiled. You talk about the concept of, you know, expecting yeah. this. And it's not even that. It's just that this club has been exemplary mm-hmm. from the beginning it joined in. Now, I went back and watched, because I'm a giant dork, I went back and watched yeah. some of the games from the playoffs in 2015. Mm-hmm. The, the level of soccer is night and day different now. Yeah, The league is so much better than it was four years mm-hmm. ago, but that we have kept pace with that throughout. In fact, set the pace for yeah. that throughout. Is wonderful. I think it says something about the league itself that we bring in a coach like John Hackworth. Mm-hmm. This is not some assistant from a USL club that we promoted. This is not, you know, a player coach that, no. listen, I hope George Davis, when he retires, gets to start as a head coach for a team yeah, somewhere absolutely. immediately. But it would be different if we had just said, George, you are now our head coach. Yeah. Versus we're bringing in a guy who's got MLS experience, international team experience. U19. The U19's assistant on the U.S. men's national team. He's coached university level soccer he's coached all over and you're bringing in a real coach Mm -hmm. and that sets the tone oh yeah that we're not just like oh out here trying to field a team that this is a team that wants to win that knows how to win and is going to take the take the steps that's required for us to keep winning yeah and we've done it four years in a row and there were people there were people Mm -hmm. that when we lose coach o'connor doom and gloom sets in Maybe he's the reason we've been this good for this long. And listen, I don't want to give Coach Hack too much credit. He's done great 
And I think that we're playing better now than this team has ever played. Absolutely. Ever, including last year's championship Absolutely. run. I think this is the best this team has ever looked. But even so, he's doing it with players that Coach O'Connor brought over. Mm-hmm. I mean, exclusively at this point. Although we like that he brought in Matoso and Sands yeah. and Carranza. Those are good guys who might end up helping us a lot. They're not playing right now. These are Coach O'Connor's players that are out there playing right now. Maybe next year it turns out, oh my gosh, what what are we thinking? This is terrifying. But the fact that we're able to seamlessly go from O'Connor to the Triumvirate to Hackworth and another Eastern Conference Final Championship yeah. is remarkable to me. And it speaks volumes about the level of players that were brought in. Sands, Carranza, and Lewis. Mm-hmm. And Napa Matoso, oh, who was right, right, right. on the team and was actually out there celebrating with them. You know this guy's out there giving his all to try to help these guys yeah. get ready. But uh, he's not he's not on the 18, and he can't be in the 18. Mm-hmm. So uh, our 18 is is our core. It's, it's the guys. Yeah. And I still love that Greg, Ilya, and Niall are all out there because those guys have been there from the beginning. Yeah. From the beginning. Yeah. That's consistency, and it feels good. I went back and watched that game, that 2015 game, mm-hmm. and there's Ilya and Niall out on the field. They looked like babies four yeah. years ago. <laughs> but, no, it's, it's, it's fantastic right now. I am going to toot my own horn for a second. You should. After the Toronto game, we lose 4-1. Mm-hmm. We have been on a terrible run of play at home. Mm-hmm. We are like 500 since we brought Coach Hackworth in. Mm -hmm. People were starting to get a little antsy. And I said on this podcast, we're going to win the cup again. You know, actually going into this, the other day I thought about that. Mm -hmm. I was going to bring up, I'm glad you brought it up. Because I was going to bring up, because I didn't know which podcast it was. Right after Toronto. You said, we can still do this. I didn't even just say we can. I said we're going to. This team is going to win the USL Cup championship again. And it was a bit of going out on a limb at the time. It was the worst we'd ever looked in a game. And it was coming into the stretch run. Since then, we haven't lost. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Since then, we have played really, really confident, good soccer. Mm. And actually, I'm thinking now we may have dropped the Cincinnati game after Toronto. I can't remember if that was before or after. We did. But that's the only game we've lost since then. And, uh, Again, on a literal act of God. Yeah, yeah. And uh, who's that team? They're gone. They don't yeah. even play in our league. They and I mean it. that in every sense of the word. They made it one game into the playoffs. Good job. Bro. Yeah, all right. Good, Good job, guys. Cincinnati. Um, while we are on the cusp, my final thoughts on the New York game, my final thoughts on the New York Red Bulls 2 game is... 5-1 is maybe an excessive scoreline for how good they get for how that game was played. I think that that game maybe in other circumstances in another universe, maybe that game ends 4-3 mm-hmm. or 4-2. Yeah. But that's the thing is we've been saying that a lot lately and we keep winning by, you know, multiple goals. It's it's a nice feeling right yeah. now. This team is it's a special group that is playing special to their talent level where I just can't envision a scenario where somebody shuts us out. Like we won one, nothing against Indy and that was a comfortable game. Like we yeah. played that game and throughout the game, I was not going, or we won two, nothing. And I was not going through that game. Like, 
oh, God, what's happening? Right. I, it's hard to imagine somebody holding us to just one goal right now. Yeah. Because it feels like nobody wants a piece of this. Here's, here's my final thought mm-hmm. about New York. Mm-hmm. And somebody, going into the game, somebody commented on a post of yours. Okay. A Cincinnati fan commented mm-hmm. on a post of yours. He said, watch them because they flop. They do. This is what they do. They they want a dirty game. Mm-hmm. They want a rough game. Mm-hmm. They want to flop. All right? That worked against yeah, Cincinnati. It did. That worked against somebody against the number one going to the playoffs. That worked against the number one ranked team in the USL. Yeah. Right? Did not work against us. Not even a little. Not only did it not work against us. Kind of backfired. It really kind of backfired on them. Woo! I think that speaks to how ready we were for him. Mm-hmm. I think that is. I think that is a sign of really good coaching. Yep. Heck, had to have known. Had to have. And at some point, that had to have come up. Like, hey, this is how they're going to play, and this is how we combat it. Everybody, be ready. Yeah. But it also speaks to just the raw talent that is on this team. That it doesn't matter how dirty you want to play. It's not going to matter. Not against us. Not right now. Not right now. Okay. Eastern Conference champions. Eastern, Eastern Conference. We raised the Eastern Conference Cup. Again. 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 All right. That's our game review. We move on now to the game preview. <sighs> and it's the USL Cup it's Championship. Cup again. It's the final. The final. For all this... All the marbles. This 37 is weeks ago, you and I were in this exact room, sitting in front of this exact microphone. Yeah. Talking, drinking very similar purple stuff. Yeah. Talking about what kind of season we expected. And we sat with Scouse and talked about expectations for the year. What do you think is going to happen? What yeah. do you think is going to happen? Where are you expecting? Scouse said he hoped for a deep cup run. Mm-hmm. We got it. We got it. You said you wanted another Eastern Conference championship, and we got it. I said I wanted a double. <laughs> I wanted to win the USL. I wanted to win the US Open Cup and the USL Cup. I may have bitten off a bit more than I could chew with that expectation. Um, but to be here again is remarkable yeah. for this club, for this city. And we are playing in the Eastern Conference Championship again mm-hmm. on Thursday night at 8 p.m. at Lynn Stadium. Stadium. Very important. Lynn Stadium. So the word came down shortly after our pod last week mm-hmm. that no matter what, if we won, we were going to get to host. Orange County was not going to be able to host if they had won. Mm-hmm. And uh, so no matter what, if we were victorious, it would be a game in Louisville. And that we wouldn't be playing it at Louisville Slugger Field. We'd be playing it at Lynn Stadium, Mark and Cindy Lynn Stadium, one of the true gems of college oh, yeah. fo- of college soccer a around this country. pitch. Now, before we start breaking down the game, let's talk a little bit about the situation, being at Lynn. Numbers-wise, it's not ideal. Last year we brought about fourteen thousand for the U.S. Open or for the USL Cup final. Uh, last week against New York, we had ten thousand fans, mm-hmm. a little over ten thousand fans at the Eastern Conference Championship I think it was like game. Ten five, ten thousand sixty nine or yeah. sixty four or something like that. Uh, a little over ten G's. 
This game, it sounds like they are not going to be able to have more than 6,300 is the number that I'm hearing now. I heard 7,200. Yeah, I, like I don't know if there's some standing room only wiggle room. I don't know what the berm rules are going to be. But it sounds like 63 might be the number. Uh, but regardless, it would be somewhere between 5,500 and 8,000. Yeah. Like top. And But, I mean, it will not be a matter of how many people want tickets. It'll be a matter of how, how much people? does the fire marshal allow us to yeah. sell. And uh, tickets went on sale this morning. Hmm. Got mine. I got mine. Got got in. Talked to Alan in the uh, Lou City front office. Uh, got to get my tickets from Alan. Mm-hmm. And uh, two. We've got two. We got a message from Brad Estes himself talking about Scouse's House. Mm-hmm. Scouse's House will have a designated area. They are going to do their best to monitor who gets to be in the bleachers behind the uh, the goal when you first enter the stadium, mm-hmm. which will be the side that we are on. Not the trapezoid side. That's where the Coopers will be, just like in the U.S. Elk, uh, Open Cup matches. Yes. Uh, but we will be on that side on the bleachers, and it sounds like they're going to try to uh, monitor that Scouse's House people are the people who get those bleachers. You know, chances are we're all going to get in there early enough to get our spots and make sure that we are where we're supposed to be. Yeah. But uh, it sounds like if you are a member of Scouse's House and you have a season tickets and you got your uh, spot, then you should be in good shape to be in roughly analogous to your regular right. seated spot. Uh, if you've never been to Lynn Stadium, which yeah. if you're listening to this, you, you probably have, have. Probably. Um, where Scouse's House, where we're talking about. Is a pretty primo spot. It is. If you think we're close now, it's slightly even closer. It's yeah. kind of crazy it's, how close it is. Instead of being about 15 feet from the opposing goal, which is what we usually are mm-hmm. in Scouts at Slugger, uh, you're talking about about eight feet. Yeah. Uh, instead of, whereas now you have to yell your insults at the keeper. I like to whisper my. In Lynn Stadium, you could like normal. Level Washinsky. Hey, bud. Washinsky. I hate you. Yeah. Like, if you don't have You're to yell. You're really bad at this. <laughs> no, it'll be it'll be some nice seating. They're, usually, it's just a hill there. They are bringing in temporary bleachers. It looks like they're going to bring in temporary bleachers for a couple of different sections to try yeah. to uh, to maximize seating for this game. There's some bleachers that are going to be on the berm, too. One portion of the berm, yeah. yeah sort of to the... If you're looking at the jumbotron to the bottom left, it looks like there'll yeah. be some extra bleachers. Uh, here's the here are the here's the things. Here's all the things. Okay. You couldn't use Slugger anyway. It was already booked for the Festival of Lights. It was already booked. Yeah. Listen to whoever you want about what the reasons are and why it is, and their conspiracy theories about last year, how they made fun of Slugger Field and how nobody wanted that to happen again about how ESPN said it had to be on a soccer-specific field. There are conspiracy theories about all manner of things. The bottom line is, we couldn't play it at Slugger anyway. And I loved that they got Lynn Stadium, which, as I again say, is one of the premier college soccer fields in the country. They I don't know if they worked a deal with Vince Tyree. I mean, UofL's still playing. Mm -hmm. So it's... They the soccer team there couldn't have been crazy about the idea of a USL Cup final being played on their field while they're still in the middle of uh, ACC tournament. No, but it play. says a lot about U of L soccer that they're like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. go yeah. ahead and do it. And the relationship that is improving yeah. with us and uh, current owner slash AD 
Vince Tyre, and also the relationship between Coach Hackworth and Coach Lola. Yeah. Like, the, it's it's nice that this seems to have worked out reasonably easily yeah. for them to be able to play there. There was a discussion about playing at Papa John's. I'm sorry, no longer Papa John's, just Cardinals Stadium. Papa. It's not a good place to catch a soccer game. You're really far away from the field there. Uh, also, you've, you're dealing with the lines on the field. They probably would have had to have resodded it because yeah. there's going to be a they're they've been playing you know American football games on yeah. it. It was not going to be a good situation. I'm glad we're not playing there. I don't care if you could put seventy thousand people in there, and I don't care if you would have gotten seventy thousand people. I prefer playing on a really nice soccer field yeah. in a soccer specific venue. If you remember back to the New England Revolution game. That place was rocking. Yeah, like I love the acoustics bouncing off yeah. of that, off of the seating side. Uh, I thought that you can hear the drums all over the field. Groove Machine is in full effect. They get a cool spot on the trapezoid over there. Yeah, it's it's a great place to catch is a game. Joe going to see the national anthem? Again? He is. He's eight and zero. He's going for nine and zero for another national anthem. Talk about golden pipes. You're not wrong. Holy crap! Lance has been approved to do the PA at yeah. at, at uh, Lynn Stadium for the game. It's going to feel like home. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be like wearing somebody else's pants. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it, it's very good pants. Great pants. <laughs> Maybe even nicer pants than you're used to. Just not ones that you've worn a lot. Right. But I like that we've already gotten three games in there, and so everybody's a little familiar with the layout. Everybody's a little familiar with the situation. Don't forget, you can't bring bags in. Don't try to bring don't a bag to, in. They're going to tell you not to. You can't bring seats in. You can't bring a lot of the stuff that you're used to bringing. Just bring your scarf. Bring your vocal cords. Bring some cash for some purple stuff. And be ready to yell your face off. Yeah. Don't bring auxiliary things, because they're not going to let you in with it. You cannot... Exit and re-enter. There are smokers who are upset about that. There's yeah. stuff that goes with it that's not ideal for uh, some adult-style games. Get over it. Yeah. This is going to be a great field. It's going to be. It's going to look amazing on TV, which is a big part of this, that ESPN's broadcasting it on the deuce. We play great at Lynn Stadium. Undefeated there. We've never lost we at Lynn. We play amazing at Lynn Stadium. And I feel really good about the field. I feel really good about our guys with a little extra length to the field. Here's the thing. Our, correct me if I'm wrong, our record away this mm. season has been better than our record at home. I think we've caught that with the playoff run. But in the regular season, right. we were better away than we were at home, yes. And Lynn Stadium... Is kind of away. Is kind of away. It's the size... Of away places that we right, been it's a little more analogous to some of the other pitches, mostly because there's better length of the field. The width is similar, but another bit that you don't think about is there's a lot more room on the sidelines. Yeah, uh, they get more space for guys to be taking corners. Yeah, for you to be doing a long throw in, a little bit of a run up for your throws. It's it's just a nice field. It's yeah. a really cool place to take in a game. How much do you think U of L is letting them? practice and warm up at Lynn. Almost right none would be my guess. Almost none. They're going to be practicing in their normal practice fields. Our guys aren't going to be, I mean. Okay. Uh, I was curious no. as to like how much. But we don't practice at Slugger either. So. No. It, I think that that's the other nice bit is that the week of preparation will be basically identical to our normal weeks of preparation. It's just that on game day morning, instead of Riding to Slugger, you're riding over to Lynn, yeah. which is like eight minutes away. Yeah, it's, it's not a big deal, and uh, the locker rooms are probably nicer. the uh, The pitch is very nice. I wonder if there are uh, champagne rules in the locker room there. 
Probably. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you look the other way, though, right? I mean, I, you would hope. <laughs> you would hope. There's a lot of really cool stuff to all this, and yeah. it's going to be an exciting, exciting game. So let's talk about the game. Okay. We're facing Phoenix Rising FC. Yeah. Phoenix Rising FC. Now, the first thing anybody thinks when they think of Phoenix Rising is uh, minority owner. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to sugarcoat this. Soccer legend yeah. Didier Drogba. That's the first thing anybody thinks, you anybody in the world thinks if they hear Phoenix Rising. You have to. Yeah. He has not been the most important player on their team this no. year. He is a very, he is, at 40 years old, he is still very good. Yeah. Uh, he's still scoring. Yeah. He scored in the playoffs. I think in each of their playoff games thus far, he's put in a goal. He's very good. Yeah. He is a former world football player of the year. Yeah. He has won Champions League trophies. Mm-hmm. He has won English Premier League trophies. And he has led uh, the Ivory Coast to African Championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has led the Ivory Coast into the World Cup as their captain on three separate occasions. He is a legend. Yeah. And his last soccer game as a professional soccer player will be in Louisville against the Louisville City Football Club. And that's just cool. It is cool. No matter what, that's just cool to that's see. That's really cool. You're looking at a living legend. Yeah. One of the, however you measure these things, one of the 15 or 20 best soccer players of the last century. And at 40 years old, that's old for a soccer player. Extremely. But clearly what he has, what he may have lost in step to age, yeah. he is made up for in experience. Guile. I like that. I like Guile. Guile? Yeah. Uh, no, he's still an incredible set-piece taker. Yeah. He's still uh, brilliant on the field in terms of uh, spacing and creating room for a shot. It is clear he's been doing this well right. for a long time. But, I mean, this is as far as I want to go talking about Didier Drogba because he is, as I say, he's maybe the third or fourth most important player on the field for Phoenix at any given time. Yeah. Uh, he's just happens to be someone extremely famous. I hope we get his autograph. I hope yeah, that cool. you know we get to see him. I'm not gonna pretend like this is business as usual and totally normal. And oh yeah, it is what it is. We live in Louisville, Kentucky. We don't get to see Cristiano no. Ronaldo and Lionel Messi and you know Dennis Bergkamp right. and Thierry Henry. And he's in that ballpark. Yeah, he's in that conversation. We're with getting those guys. one of those big. One of the guys is going to be here, and that's not normal. And so, yes, I'm excited about it. I want us to beat him 12 to nothing. I want him to, you know, sprain his ankle after shortly after walking on the field and not be able to play. <laughs> I, I want I want him to be, you know, mentally and physically abused mm-hmm. throughout this game, making him wonder why he ever decided to play soccer in the first place. Right. Like, that's how I want him to leave. Mm-hmm. But when they're warming up, if you think I'm not going to – you know, yell out and see if he'll come sign something, you're wrong. That's yeah. it's no, yeah. I don't get to go to Chelsea games and stand five feet away from legends, right? I don't do also that. from a Louisville City player, from one of our boys' standpoint, mm-hmm. if you know, yeah, that you're facing a legend, yeah, in an important game uh-huh. for you in the USL, the most important game, mm-hmm. right? The ultimate honor, the ultimate sign of respect. To someone like that is to play your absolute best. Uh, 100%. To play your absolute hardest. Like, it would be a huge sign of disrespect to not go as hard as possible Absolutely. against somebody like Drogba. Absolutely. And you know they will. 
Yeah. And I'm certain that none of them are starstruck by the idea of playing against him. But I'm also certain these guys are soccer fans. Mm-hmm. They know who he is. They know yeah, what he's done. absolutely. If, if before or after the game one of them wants his autograph, I'm not mad at him. I'm mad at him if on the field they're showing him too much respect. Right. Once they get off, once the whistle has blown before or after, heck, man, you know, try to get your picture taken with him. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome stuff. And, yes, we're a professional franchise, and you want to treat it like we've been there before. But nobody here has been there before. No. This is not a normal – I mean, I'm sorry. I like Joe Cole a lot. He's been an interesting and good player for Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. It is not the same thing. No. This is not a really good player from a really good league. This is a legend. Mm-hmm. And it's important, and it's cool. But that's all I have to say about Didier Drogba. Yeah. Don't let him have a set piece from 24 yards. Mm-hmm. That is important to me. He's not, he's not even – Near their top score, he is not. No, they have got some seriously dangerous players. Yeah. They're top four. They they essentially play a four man back line, a two man midfield, and then a diamond four up top. And their diamond four up top is all dangerous. Mm-hmm. You've got Cortez who mostly plays the striker, and he is mostly their goal scorer, and he is extremely dangerous. You've got Drogba playing right underneath him and sort of where we're used to seeing Ilya play right now in that number 10-ish role, playmaker. Cortez has 19 goals. I think I think if you include playoffs, playoff goals, playoffs yeah. and regular, he's got yeah. 19 goals. I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, a real goal scorer, a real threat. Uh, they've got Johnson, who creates a lot of shots. He usually plays out on the right. He has taken more shots than some of their other players. He doesn't convert at the same level. Uh, he's he's a threat. Yeah. And then on the other side, you've got Asante playing, and Asante is, uh, and I had to check this, not Ashanti. Not, uh, it's not, <laughs> it's not the person who used to sing songs with Ja Rule and Big Pun. It's not that Ashanti. Although that would be entertaining. It's not her. Okay. It's a guy named Asante. And uh, another real threat. I mean, there are four guys. They get up there and they score goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think 68 on the regular season, 63 on the regular season. Uh, somewhere in between those yeah. numbers. And both, I mean, you know, they create a lot of goals. Yeah. They are a dangerous four-man team. The important part of their team is in their midfield. The two in their 4-2-4 or 4-2-3-1 or whatever you want to call it. They're two. Mm-hmm. That's where this game, as per usual, will be won or lost. Uh, going up against Niall, Ilya, and uh, Paolo, that's mm-hmm. where this game is going to – we can't let them have what they want, and we need to be able to uh, dictate yeah. our style. It's what happened in the New York game where we said the middle of the field is not for anyone. No one gets the middle of the field, and our wings are better than you. We're going to beat you over there, and it's going to be a victory. Mm-hmm. Oscar is better than whoever you've got. Ownby is better than whoever you've got. Kyle and George are better than whatever you've got. And they were. And they have been all season. Yeah. Definitely the last eight weeks. We're going to have to have that again. Uh, it looked to me like their two, uh, two fullbacks, not their center backs, but their two fullbacks, don't play quite as high up the pitch as uh, as. Kyle and Oscar like to. Uh, and so they really sit back in a four-man in the back. And that means that you're going to see uh, – all right, let's talk big picture a little bit. with, okay. with uh, Their goalkeeper is a guy named Wyszynski. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's a very long Polish-looking name, and I don't, I'm don't. i not perfect at Polish pronunciate, pronunciations. I believe it's Wyszynski. Okay, that's what we'll go with. Um, and uh, 17 clean sheets this year. Tied for the most in the league. 17 clean sheets. That's four more than we've posted. Yeah. 
Uh, big picture, though, what I'm seeing from Phoenix is that they have been an all-or-nothing kind of a team. Yeah. They have dominated some fools, mm-hmm. and then they've gotten dominated in some games that you wouldn't expect. I mean, I think they lost 5-2 to Las Vegas recently, and that's yeah. an embarrassment. They uh, they took they took some tough L's, some 4 nothing type mm-hmm. losses throughout the year, but also crushed some people 5-1. Mm-hmm. They are, when they're playing well, they are extremely dangerous. You know that they will be a team that is confident coming off of three straight wins. Yeah. But before the playoffs, they had gone three straight games without a victory, mm-hmm. two losses and a draw. This is a team feeling good about themselves, and uh, people frequently will talk about the Western Conference just being a simulation. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't—they're not actually out there <laughs> playing it. And I—I uh, I, I gotta say, I feel that way. I don't watch the Western Conference, no. so any analysis I try to really give you of what Phoenix is is based off of possession-looking numbers mm-hmm. and shots-created numbers. I have seen highlights of their playoff wins, mm-hmm. and I have seen, you know, probably eight minutes of them playing throughout mm-hmm. the course of the season. It's not enough to really form an opinion about a team. No. I didn't know much about Swope going into last year's final. I don't know much about Phoenix going into this year's final. I will spend the next four days. Yeah. Probably spending some time watching some Absolutely. Phoenix tape just so I have some concept of what's going on. But realistically, <clears throat> I think that you can put it on the board that what Coach Hackworth has been preaching for the last two months mm-hmm. is play our style and go out and win. Yeah, We have to be able to adapt to what the other team's doing, but we want to also make them adapt to what we're doing. Right. And so we've been able to play all manner of uh, adjustments to what our side is, yeah. but also they've been able to assert their dominance. Yes. That's what I'm hoping for in this game. I'm hoping that this game just looks like a game... It's impossible to know, man, if the West yeah. is really... Because all you have to see the West play is against the other teams in the West. And my impression is that the West is not as good, mm-hmm. but I'm hugely biased. Right. And so my hope is that this Phoenix team is like as good as Bethlehem. Right. Maybe Bethlehem would win the West if they played in the West. Maybe. I don't know. Right. Uh, Swope, I thought, did a good job of uglying up that game last year. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it took us right down to the wire before Cam scored the game winner. I don't know if that'll be Phoenix's game plan. It looks to me like they they must play some sort of free-flowing action. They've got four real threats up top. Mm-hmm. You would think they would try to get the ball up top and score some goals. Well, we talked about it beforehand. It feels like, just from everything that we've seen, it feels like we they probably do a high press. Like, they probably do a high press. You would think, right? I mean, just the like the you way would that think they that score. Those four offensive players would yeah. would be uh, would be on the ball. Do you think it would be as chippy as? Do you think we're going to get some the kind of mucking up that we well, saw with New York? Well, or? this is where it's going to again. I don't know if that's something that Phoenix is prone to in general. I just don't know. Right. I do know that they got a number of red cards throughout the season. It looked like they had six or seven games where they had red cards out this year, which is quite a bit. So I don't know if that's just, you know, late tackles and one-off things or if that's them, you know, fouling people consistently and getting yellow card accumulations. Right. But you would think that a lot of that goes on to their coach. 
whoever their coach is, I don't know if he's sitting there right now watching film going, man, we're going to have to foul the heck out of these guys or they're going to score at will. We need to make sure we don't let them get their get their foot on the gas. Right. Or if he's saying, let's run a track meet with these guys. We're better than them. I don't know what their coach is thinking. We should call him and ask him. <clears throat> I, You know, I tried calling him. I didn't get a hold of him. And then call call hack, depending on the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I promise I, we're not going to tell our coach. You can just tell us. Come on. Um. No, I mean, it'll really depend on what their coach's philosophy on all of this stuff is. Yeah. Because I don't know if he is out there right now thinking, we're the better team, mm-hmm. we just want to go out and beat them. Or right. if he's thinking, they're the better team, we need to make sure we muck this up so right. that they don't get their legs under them. <clears throat> because the West and the East don't, there's no crossover. Right. I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like if you're them, though... Going into this, because even if, and I'm sure that like you know teams no more, but at some point they've got a, the the realization that they're going up against defending champs, yeah, who are hot, who are on a hell of a hot streak, who look great, yeah, and who clearly can adapt, yeah, to really any kind of formation, any kind of style of play. You've got to think that there's some level of like worry on their part. Yeah. Like we're going to get up against a team in Louisville City who clearly knows what they're doing yeah. in a big way. And so I feel like it wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we did get kind of the because that chippier game. Because if that's the what you're going up against, me. yeah. Yeah. And maybe it is. Maybe it is. But again, that'll really depend on the mentality of the team. Because there are some teams that just truly believe, regardless of whatever they're seeing on film or on Mm -hmm. paper, that just think, we're the best. Right. And they carry that with them all the way and say, we're going to do what we do and we're going to do it better than them. Yeah. Maybe you see some halftime adjustments that make them go, oh man, we can't run with these guys. We better start fouling. But... Last year, it felt like Swope went into the game thinking, that team's better than us. We've got to slow this game down. Yeah. And then they did. And they did. And it nearly worked for them. Uh, And that's what New York's been doing the last two weeks against us and Cincinnati. They knew that both of those teams were, in theory, superior teams. Mm -hmm. And so the way to win a game like that is to make it, you know, you're either going to win the game or the fight. Mm-hmm. They they were trying to win the fight. Yeah. You know, and so that is what it is. I'm fine with the idea that other teams look at us as somebody that has to be played that way. Yeah. I would go more in depth into uh, what we can expect in this game, but I just don't know, man. I, I don't, don't know. know. What I do know is that this Louisville City team. I'll reiterate, looks better to me than any other version of any other Louisville City team. Yeah. I right now feel like they're playing the best soccer that this city has ever gotten to see from them. And they have been for eight weeks. Yeah. Nine weeks. We need one more game. Yeah. And we get to hoist that cup again back to back. Back to back championships would be amazing. Yeah, that would be incredible. Yeah. All right. Let's let's dispense with the niceties here. Okay. Based on nothing. 
based on no information. Based on what, <laughs> based on what we know about our team. Yeah. And the theory of what we know about Phoenix. Right. What do you have the final? Oof. I'm betting. You know what? I'm betting two one. Two one. Here's why. Based on what very little we know about mm-hmm. Phoenix, and I mean very little as in like the 20 minutes we spent looking at Phoenix before we started recording. Sure. <laughs> it seems like they are going to do. I you know I say it again. I I really think that they probably are going to do a high press. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be as rough as New York, but I think it'll be close. All right. I think we approach with the same... I think we adapt very similarly similarly as we did to New York. Okay. I'm calling 2-1. 2-1. I feel good about that. You got two goals... To account for for Lou City. So, Do you see a fourth fourth lightning in four games? Or are we going to spread it out a little? I think we spread it out. Okay. I think... I think we get one just from run of play from Ilya. Ilya's looked great. Yeah. He's looked great. Man, tell me right now, though. What player can you name no, on our team that yeah. hasn't looked great? Well, you mentioned, you know, the idea of being spoiled earlier. And, yeah. you know, against New York, we had to bring out Cam, but you brought in Luke. And right. you still felt, it was like, well. Yeah. So, okay. So, that yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> My level of confidence has not gone down. No. <laughs> um, I think Ilya, though. I think Ilya... Right during the watch him in the playoffs, he has come off as very, very hungry to me. Yeah, in a big way. That makes sense. Um, so I think we get one just from straight run of play, almost textbook mm-hmm. run of play for Milia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna say it again. No, one last time. <laughs> one last time. One last ride for Paco, Oscar, and their immortal. I think <laughs> I think OJ puts in just a work of art of a corner. Yeah. And Paco is just there. Rises up above it. Just there. The doves and the sun shining down on him. The actual wind picks him up to nine yeah. feet in the air and he yeah. just pounds it home. I would love that, man. I would always love that. Yeah. And, you know, let's not tease ourselves, but the bottom line is some of these players, it's the last time we're going to see them. Yeah. And Paco is a strong candidate for that. He's a strong candidate to get to advance to another league. This may be the last chance we get to see him playing in purple. Maybe the last time we see Oscar. Maybe the last time we see almost all of these guys. Yeah. Some of them we happen to know already have contracts worked out for next year. Right. But there are a number of them that we don't know anything about. And uh, Paco is one that you would have to expect will be garnering strong interest. Rightfully so. We've got a guy coaching an MLS team for the moment. In Orlando, who uh, has seen what some of these guys can do, and I won't be at all shocked to see him poach one or two of them. Right. And some of them are going to get opportunities overseas. Mm-hmm. Other MLS teams have seen the success we've had with this kind of player. Mm-hmm. I, I, we're going to lose some of these guys. I, I won't be at all shocked if this is Paco's last game, and I hope you're right that he puts one home. Ask me to bring up that same point mm-hmm. in banter. Understood. Will do.
All right. My prediction for this game. Okay. This is going to be bold. It's bold. I don't think this game is close. I think this game is a party. I think this game is a coronation. I think this game is uh, a parade from early. You think we just dominate them? I think we win this game 5 nothing. It is bold. I think we win this game 5 nothing. That is the biggest margin of victory I've predicted all year. Very true. That is the biggest win I've predicted all year. And most of that is born out of not having any concept of what, <laughs> of what Phoenix is going to do. Um, but the other part of it is how good I feel about this team right now. How much I believe in them in clutch games. Mm-hmm. How, much they, how much they rise to the occasion in the playoffs mm-hmm. at home. And... I feel like this team just is not a team that can be trifled with right now. And I don't think Phoenix is going to be ready for the level of physical and the level of speed that we bring. I think that the player that I believe will be the most important on the field in this game, mm-hmm. I think that they cannot possibly be ready for Oscar Jimenez. The Eastern Conference has seen what Oscar can do over the last two years, mm-hmm. and you can see guys game planning against him trying to shut down space on his side of the field, yeah. trying not to create fouls 35 yards out for him to whip balls in, mm-hmm. trying not to concede corners. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they I don't think that a Western Conference team can properly appreciate how much better Oscar Jimenez is than what you can just even see on film. Right. I think Oscar scores twice and assists twice in this game. What is his what are his goals? One like? of his goals is a wonder strike from 29. I'm just out. I think that he gets to take the set pieces that would normally go to uh, that would normally go to uh, Cam. Mm-hmm. I think with Cam probably out for this game or at least out for portion of this game, he gets to take the set pieces and that we will see a goal scored. My wife is joining us circumspectly right Woo! now. Andy's oh, wife and they both are. Wow. Yeah, no city. we're having we're having uh, surprise guests. We're surprise being invaded. Guests. We're being invaded. It's now. the final okay. podcast. I thought I'd make my initial appearance. This is uh, all right. So before I get to my last chili. my last three other goal scorers, I'm going to uh, I'm going to introduce for the first time. Officially, oh yeah, this is Woo! my Woo! wife, Katie Floyd. Woo! Katie, go no city, back to back. Okay, um, Stephanie. Thanks also for joining us. Stephanie Fred Royce is here. She's Fred Royce. (laughs) She's been on. This is your second appearance. Her third appearance, isn't it? Yeah, this is probably when people start tuning out, though. No, this is when people get excited. (laughs) Yeah, they're tired of us. We were not told they'd be joining us. I'm going to finish my prediction of of how this game's going to end, and then we're going to get predictions from you guys. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I have already said that I think this is a domination game. Andy predicted Mm 2-1 for us. I'm predicting 5-0. For wow. us, uh, I've got Oscar with two goals and two assists. One of the goals comes on a set piece that he mm-hmm. takes in place of Cam. Okay. One of the goals comes on a rebound tap in after he's whipped a ball in, you know, something like that. Two assists. I think Illy gets a goal on one yeah. of those assists. I think Nile scores in this game. Okay. He's a big Nile. Yeah. And then I think that Brian Ombi puts the uh, puts the icing on it like he did last week, and so we get five goals. And uh, I think that they are out of it early. Our dogs are excited. Yeah, the dogs. Are <laughs> they don't dogs usually. Are also here. usually. We got they Zeppelin, don't. Millie. 
they don't usually get to be a part of the podcast, and they are very pumped. Yeah, this is the first time for Bugs, Darcy, and Millie, though. So I've got five nothing. Andy's got two one. Stephanie, what do you think this game goes? How do you think that? How do you think the game ends? Um, so I will say that I agree that there will be a lot of goals scored, and I was also thinking MB is going to put some in, um, some Oscar for sure. But I don't know. Playoffs are unpredictable. It so is a wild I animal. I don't want to. What, what do you think the score is going to be? It's just too much pressure. I don't know. Uh, four nothing. Four nothing. I like it. Can you give me one goal scorer? Ownby. Ownby gets one. Yeah, I agree, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. Ownby's definitely getting one. All right, Katie, love of my life. <laughs> what Present? What do you think the final score of the USL Championship Cup game will be? Um, I'm going to go with 6-1. Wow! 6-1! Oh, to one. I mean, we've already hit five. Oh, I mean, it. five's a yeah. done deal. So she let's, thinks it's going to be six. six. And I'll give the other guys one just for coming to Louisville. Right. <laughs> you think you think maybe the legend gets a goal? Yep. I oh. think that would be actually serendipitous. It yeah. would be. It'd be nice to yeah. see. Yeah. As long as we were dominating, yes, I wouldn't mind seeing Drogba put Clearly one. Right. Six as long as we're be, dominating. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep, yep. Okay, so you got six one. Who do you think any the goal na- scores? Yeah, give yep, me at I've least one. Well, I definitely Ombi, of course, is gonna score. He's on fire. He is just his moves mm-hmm. are like Jagger. Going? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, maybe not. No, no. Uh, but no, 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 no offense there. I do think that uh, Luke, of course, is going to get nice. one, maybe even two in. And I know George Davis the Fourth is going to have yeah. some assists in there. Okay. And Greg, our keeper, is going to be, be yeah, be a solid wall. And uh, I'm really excited to see the game. Oh, I don't think all? I had enough there, though. That's not quite six goals. No, but you got a several of them. Some of those guys will score yeah. a couple. Oh, the Hulk. Hulk is Sean definitely. Sean comes on and gets yep, one? Yep. I love it. All right. Well, he mostly plays defense, though, right? He mostly does. So but he scored at Lynn Stadium. Perfect. In a U.S. L- yeah, in a U.S. Open Cup match, he, he scored a rocket right. in that game. So right. mm-hmm. I'd love to see a replay yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll wear our uh, gold cleats in his honor. You're gonna wear your gold cleats. I haven't cleats? washed yeah. my sweater. All right. So don't stand too close to me. The game, guys. No, I haven't washed no, my clothes in nine weeks. <laughs> they are literally laying in a pile up in the guest room right now. Nine it's, straight weeks of really uncleaned. You still got the same dirty undies, don't you? I, you know, I the wasn't weights. gonna comment on that, but yes, the underwear undies, also <laughs> does not get cleaned <laughs> between hey, games. At least I make him take the stuff out of the car. Yes, I no I longer just leave it in the car. I did have a surprise oh. one morning, and uh, actually, I think it was from when you played soccer. Oh, that's and the unpleasant. Cleats, yeah. the cleats, I had to wash them. I didn't even know. This is why I don't bring my wife on the air. In yeah. a washing machine, but I did, and they I think they still work. They right? still smell apart. great. Yeah, so, they're they're, they're clean as I can digress. be. I uh, digress. Anyways, the boys are going to take it home. Yes, they are. <laughs> the boys are going to take it home. I will say, if I can be honest here, I am. A little disappointed it's at Lynn. I don't know if you guys have already talked we about We have this. already we've discussed already, it. Sorry. It. Well, yeah. okay. I'll leave my Katie wanted, out. You out there, man. But, but we, can, we can actually cover some of that in purple stuff right now. So hold on one okay. second, and we're going to transition out of the game reviews and the game previews. We have not. Um, okay. I would like to, though, throw the last thing on the table. Sorry, I just, I'm still in the spotlight here, Floyd. Um, <laughs> is I would love to have Ben Solee back. 
Oh, and maybe for... Ben Soli could uh, do a mile of Kentucky home, you know, at the championship. Mm. Well, be, I don't yeah, know. I think we can make this happen. I don't know if that's on the table or in the cards for this particular game. I, I haven't heard anything about if they were inviting him back or not. But uh, we will see whether or not we can't try to help that to happen. Katie, my wife, was instrumental in uh, him getting to perform for Very the true. game that he did. And I thought he did a great job. So I've got no objections. Uh, obviously, my old Kentucky home has got to happen, mm-hmm. and I would love for it to happen in the pregame again. I think that was great. So, um, we are transitioning now from our game reviews and previews over into purple stuff. So, if everybody wants to raise a glass, hey, all right. everybody We're enjoy your purple stuff. Cheers. My wife is extremely hungry for the chili that I've got on the pot. And she's trying to hurry delicious. us along. I've been storing it and avoiding eating it. I also made some toasty bread. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so purple stuff. Here are the news and notes. One is Louisville City Football Club would be the first team in the modern era to be back-to-back USL Cup champions. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's never happened. And it would be a fantastic thing if we could make – history by winning mm-hmm. it we are only the second team ever to appear in back-to-back championship games and here. the other team didn't win either of them that was swope park rangers who we saw oh, wow. for the second time last year and they uh they didn't win either of their cup finals uh the eastern conference has won the previous three eastern conference i mean the uh, usl cup finals that's louisville new york and rochester, rochester. in yep. order uh, so the West is hungry, but uh, they have, the Cup Finals have gone the East's way. Uh, we will be playing in Lynn Stadium, as my wife has alluded to. We discussed how uh, it's a gorgeous field, how it is That's as true. nice of a soccer facility as there. it can possibly be. The only problem being the attendance. Yeah. And uh, I think that Andy and I at least are in agreement that it's better to have people desperate to get in the field who are all passionate fans who absolutely have to want to need to be there right and be willing to pay full price and fight tooth and claw to get in there Mm -hmm. as opposed to you've got eight thousand and now we're going to do what we can to get those other five in we're going to see you know we'll give you we'll give you four dollar tickets if you can get in here we'll uh you know we're gonna have a, a a blow up plastic toys race in the outfield if people show up for this game. You don't need to do any of that stuff for this game. This game sells itself and it will be the cream of the crop of Lou City fans that are desperate to get in for this game and I think it'll be louder for 7,000 people Mm -hmm. than it would be for 13,000 when half of them are just there for whatever. I mean that's what, the 12th player? The 12th man, yeah. And uh, I definitely think it's clear because just today, trying to the season ticket holders trying to buy our tickets, it was what ninety eight attempts for you. Yeah, I had to call ninety eight times yeah. before I finally got through without a busy signal. I mean, so do we have a prediction on when this is going to sell out tomorrow? Four Tuesday, o'clock. Tuesday, right? Like, it it will the it the four, game being Thursday. O'clock. The season ticket holders have Range. until two o'clock tomorrow, tomorrow to have first dibs. At two o'clock tomorrow, general admission tickets go on sale. And uh, we can expect that they'll sell out pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last update I had said we had sold roughly half of the allotment, and that was just season ticket holders just today. And so, if that's the case, also you got to expect that they've got to keep in reserve 200 ish seats 
for away supporters to be able to purchase. Oh. It's a requirement in soccer stadiums that you can't just sell to your fans and not make them open to, to be purchased by the away fans. Uh, there were, for the New England game and for... Uh, well, how do you prove that? By where they sit, if you're willing to sit in Prove the away it. supporters section. Well, what if we have? Some well, I'm saying they wouldn't even road. be available here. They'd be. You'd have to buy them through the Phoenix oh, Rising. Okay. Now, maybe some enterprising and brilliant Louisville people right. will call We've the Phoenix front office to get them. Yeah. Or maybe those haven't gone on tips, sale yet. Guys, I don't know what tips, they're doing. Take this to but the bank right now. I expect them to do okay in terms of sales. For one thing, Phoenix travels pretty well. I think they brought like. 2000 to the Orange County game. Mm -hmm. Now, this is across the country and it's a weeknight game that's harder to get to for a fan of Phoenix. But you're also, I'm sorry, there will be locals who are Chelsea fans or Ivory Coast fans who will want to come and support Didier Drogba. Yeah. And so you will have people who are in town who may not be rooting for our team just because they happen to be fans. I mean, I'm sorry, there are probably as many Chelsea fans in the city as there are Lou City fans, or were until Lou City got cooking. Right. And so uh, you, you might see some just Drogba fans yeah. instead of and, uh, sitting in those away seats. Uh, I imagine we sell out completely uh, before the end of tomorrow, I bet. I, I can't imagine there being seats available on Wednesday. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if there are scalpers. Because how cool would that be? Yeah. How cool would it be? If <laughs> That's how you know you've illegal? made it when there's scalpers yeah, here. It's <laughs> illegal. I'm holding up quotation marks. It's illegal to yeah. scalp tickets. But there is nowhere on the planet where there are events where there are not scalpers. Right. If people want tickets, yeah. somebody is providing them. It's also illegal to carry ice cream in your back pocket on Sundays. And I don't ever do that right? because I'm a law-abiding citizen. But, I mean, if you did, I mean, right. who's really going to stop? And so, uh, no, I expect that, you know, there will be people who are willing to pay more than ticket price to get into this stadium because they weren't able to get tickets. And that's that's a cool place to be. And it's a good indication of what we can expect once we get into the new stadium. Uh when, especially for the first several games after the stadium opens, and especially if we have stayed this good for all of next year, right? That you can expect that you know people who want to get in won't be able to just because. Mm-hmm. So, this is a good indication hey, if you are on the fence about buying season tickets for next year, buy your season tickets. Right. You would have had access to all tickets mm-hmm. this year for this final if you had done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, get in there and get it. Because this team looks like this team looks like a team that will be playing in fun games like this yeah. for a while. Yeah, and so that's a that's that's a risk. Yeah. Um, next piece of purple stuff is uh, Cameron Lancaster. Aww. We don't know. Get better, Cam. We don't know. We still Send don't know. Positive vibes your way, man. But this is why I bring it up. We've already mentioned the injury and that we don't know if he'll play. The thing that I'm curious about is how does this impact our starting lineup? Let's let's say for let's say for the sake of argument first that he's just out and right. can't play. Which we don't know that, but let's just say. If Cameron is out, do you start with the exact same lineup we've been playing and just put Luke in in his place up top? Or do we maybe move back to a lineup we've seen before and you move Nile up to where Ilya's been playing? Ilya up to the striker position and then bring Speedy back in in the middle of the field. No. So you just put Luke in and say this is our squad. Because it happened early enough mm-hmm. against New York that Luke just fit right in. Yeah. I mean, the the formation was still effective. Mm-hmm. Just 
switch Luke out. Yeah. But then the team also started singing when Speedy came in in the second half. True that. Yeah. So I'm curious. I'll be interested to see if Cam is a no. If we go with, basically it's a question of do you start Luke or do you start Speedy? They start in different places and you move the lineup around. I think start Speedy. But it'll either be Speedy or Luke that. getting that 11th starter spot. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There's something like a hunch telling me Speedy starts, Luke's finished. Like, you know what I mean? Sure. I, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see either of them. But I will go out on a very, very, very thin and rickety ledge and say that I think Cameron plays. Hamstrings, now it's only, I, I hate that it's a six-day layoff instead of seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Hurts. Like last yeah. year, we went from playing a Saturday Eastern Conference final to a Monday Cup final, so you had nine days off. Mm-hmm. I love the short layoff because there's less time for me to stress about it and oh, be wondering yeah, about yeah. it and thinking about it. But I would love to see him be able to get some real rehab Rest time. True. One of the sponsors for the team is a cryo lab mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, that helps with recovery and stuff like this. They have a IV specialist team mm-hmm. that also gets them the the hydration stuff they How need do you to get be able that to. Job? I don't know. You should. Uh, we can find out. and We can apply. Brad. I don't know. We can try to. Uh, we can try to find out and apply. Um, and so what we're talking about then is that you've got six days to try to get. Fully fit and healthy, and it just depends on what grade of a uh, injury he's got in his hamstring. The hope being that it's minor, mm-hmm. that it just you know hurt in the moment, couldn't get it loose. Mm-hmm. He wasn't on crutches. I've seen mm-hmm. reports that he was on crutches at the end of the game. He was not. He was standing out there in the championship. He was hobbling. Yeah, it but was also very cold. It was, and help. and also you're coming off of, of an adrenaline high, and mm-hmm. he's probably just gotten a shower because he's in street clothes. You don't have any concept of what it really means. Right. What matters is the next morning when you wake up, yeah. how does it feel? And so I'll be curious to see if uh, he is like available to go. Like, but right? like, I expect him to be able to play. I don't have any reasoning for that other than I think that we have the best doctors in the, available to us. Right. Do you we have think the best medical team available to how us. How much do you think That's he plays? the kicker. I think you see him go out there and basically he plays until he can't. Mm-hmm. Which to me means that maybe he plays 40 minutes, mm-hmm. maybe he plays 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. But if he's healthy to play, you want to start him. You don't want to bring him on in the 70th minute. You want to start him because you need to get what you can out of him and then be able to pull him off. Mm-hmm. But if you bring him on in the 70th minute, he plays four minutes and then is like, oh my gosh, I can't go. Right. Then that means that you're wasting an extra sub. Okay. So you don't want to do that. If he is a go, you want to start him so that you only sub him off once. Right. Uh, I hope that he's able to play. I think that we're a different team when he is able to play. I don't think we lose anything without Luke or with Luke in that role, but I do think that Cameron is in the running for USL Player of the Year for a reason. Yeah. And you want to go out there with all your guns. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you if he did play, do you think you bring him on earlier? If you, because my initial reaction was bring him on later, sub mm-hmm. him in. Yeah. In like the 70th minute. Yeah. Um, but that does make more sense because if he can't go, it's 
you wasted a sub. Exactly. This way, you're not wasting a sub. You are just going for broke from beginning. Tell them, play your heart out. Play as hard as you can. Do whatever you want and play the best you can. And hope that he's able to go the rest of the way. But if he can't, you're only burning one sub. Right. And so that's a, that's a better feeling. The last little bit of purple stuff that I've got for us tonight is the concept of, and it is a concept, it's not a necessarily a piece of news, it's a concept of consistency. This team, we've talked about four years in a row Eastern Conference Finals, two years in a row Conference Champions, two years in a row playing in the, in the USL Cup, Cup Final. I'm wondering if that consistency might be starting to wear some of this lineup down. They've played so well, but this is two years in a row where you've played an extra four games. This year we also played an extra four games in the USL, I mean the US Open Cup. Yeah. These guys have got to be tired. It's been yeah. a long season. But the reason I mention it is because this is where I think that Coach Hack has made an enormous difference for us this year by bringing in Lewis, Sands, mm-hmm. Carranza. Mm-hmm. He got valuable minutes for valuable players on this team not to have to play. Yeah. Right. Say what you want about Napo Matoso not ever getting on the field for this club, but he is able to give them valuable minutes in practice that you don't have to have your starters going in those minutes, that where you're able to run your sets and practice things without having to wear your guys into the ground during practice. Every one of these guys is valuable to this team, have been valuable to this team, and I think that that makes a huge difference in terms of the the exhaustion that this team that has had to be so consistent throughout the year has shown, and we would not have gotten that with Coach O'Connor. No. He proved yeah. for three years he doesn't bring in other guys. Right. This is his team. Yeah. But that's also, I think, why they should win even more so this year is because – just their season. I mean, it's an amazing story to have a coach, a great mm-hmm. coach, the one that brought him the championship last year, mm-hmm. you know, and to lose him and then have three of our players be yeah. a coach and then have Hack come in. Yeah, it's been a dramatic season. Yeah. And I mean, we the like team itself has been through right. a lot of stuff. It. And we've come out on the other end incredibly strong. Yeah, I think that's what's kind of fueling their fire right now, really. That may be true. And... and our boys are hungry for sure. We don't. I, I, I've just repeatedly said, and I don't care that this is the best I've ever seen a Louisville City soccer team playing. Yeah, they are playing remarkably well. They're playing just good and appealing soccer. It's just exciting to watch. I loved that we had ten thousand people at this game on uh, mm-hmm. Friday night. Mm-hmm. That not only did they get out there and support the guys and get to see an Eastern Conference Championship, they got to see fun soccer. Yeah, yeah that's how you game. make people into yeah. fans. Yeah. It was not just winning, but winning with style. You had winning. those rock star yeah. moments that draw they otherwise casual it. fans. Yes. Yeah, right. I was actually having a conversation at brunch about how I got so into because I have some friends that give me shit for always being at a game and not being able to do this that or the other because there's a game but it, it just truly immerses you like you don't really know what it feels like to like really want somebody to win and like be immersed in the game until you've really been there and oh, like, yeah. you get into it it just sucks you in and like it becomes part of your soul and it I love it it's mm-hmm. so great well and Katie 
to this game, I know, brought some fans who had never been to games right. before. I have five some, new people, and they're some all are hooked. Co-workers who, you know, to how can day. you watch that to game day. and not walk away from it thinking, I need to be yeah. a part of this? Right. right. Yeah. And uh, that's amazing. And that is the main argument for why a bigger field would be nice for this final. Right. Because, yes, maybe some of the people you bring to that game walk away and go, I can't ever miss another game. Right. And you're losing that opportunity. But... What you are doing here is rewarding the yeah. the true diehards, well, and yes. the true diehards are what build a team, also, a culture. Scarcity is, I mean, yeah, people want tickets. Exclusivity, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. it's like you you show up and you buy season tickets, and you get a chance to be able to to witness what we're about to witness on Thursday. This will be the first time in Louisville City Football Club history that demand exceeds supply yeah where there will be more people who want to be there than can be there and yeah. that's cool that's awesome the goal is two years from now when we're playing in our brand new amazing oh, unbelievable so floyd so frederick park which is undeniably <laughs> what they're going to call what it they're naming it um, <laughs> when we're playing in that beautiful new field it'll be this is the way it's going to be for a little while, is yeah. that people want to be a part of it and not sure. everybody's going to get a chance. This totally. is the first time for that. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to, Andy wanted me to bring up in the banter section uh, the idea of some of our players maybe not being back next year. So here's, and I've been thinking about Aww, this since we've gotten Hack. He's clearly somebody who is known for drawing talent. Yeah, for being able to develop talent and being able to yeah. recognize talent. I was talent. talking to another member of Scouse's house, Ned Anderson. Ned. Shout the, out to the, Ned. The Schned. The Schmanderson. Schmanderson. The cool thing is that not only do we have a coach who is so good at pulling <clears throat> talent, who has access. Who knows the best players in this country. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you have a club that has the record that we do in the playoffs. Reputation. Yeah. That draws people, too. Absolutely. Players who are coming up in the league, good players, are going to say, you know what? My best chance to get seen mm -hmm. by a lot of other places are by playing on a team that gets a lot of recognition. Yeah. Louisville City is one of those teams. Mm -hmm. We are currently ranked as the 226th best club in the world, yeah. according wow. to 538. Now, take all that with a grain of salt because the 413th ranked team is the Chicago Fire. And the really? 413th ranked team drubbed us up and down the field yeah. when we went and played them in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, we beat them like, by like 200. No, they killed us. I know, but like in the rankings. Yes, but in the rankings. And so the rankings, uh, you know, it's a, it's a proprietary formula and it's interesting in the, uh, the way they calculate it. And it's cool that we are currently the fourth ranked team in the country. Not just in the USL, but in the entire United States, there are only three teams ranked higher than us, and they're all yeah. MLS teams. But what you're saying, that goes to that, that we're getting that recognition as one of the premier destinations yeah. in U.S. soccer. Because not only are we good, not only do we make it far every year and play in premium games yeah. on premium stations... You know, we played in a U.S. Open Cup semi or quarterfinal this year. We played in the U.S. Open or in the USL Cup sem, uh, semifinals and finals this year. Those are games that people get to see. Yeah. Not only all of that, but also if you want to become a better soccer player, Coach Hackworth has a record of developing talent for the U.S. national team. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. He has coached some of the best players in this country. And not only that, he knows all of the best coaches in this country. Mm-hmm. And that means that, yes, maybe you come to the come to Louisville for a season thinking, I need, I need a chance to get on with, you know, whoever in Montreal. Coach Hack knows the head coach in Montreal. Yeah. Maybe you, oh, gosh, I, I really want to go play for, you know, Red Bulls next year. He knows the coaches at Red Bulls. Yeah. It's not just a matter of getting developed. It's not just a matter of playing in big games. It's also a matter of contacts. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. have that now like we've never had it before. Yeah. That's true. Also, can I, I'm, I want to make this a quick side note as a shout out to just our city. And this is just my opinion. No way associated with Scouse's house or anything like that. But I think having a good city to come to plays a big role mm-hmm. in yeah. wanting people to come. And I think that Louisville, as someone who's lived here forever, to have Louisville thriving, it attracts players yeah. to want to live yeah. here because you live here now. It's, and, it's a nice and, place to yeah. live. It's a nice place to be a 23-year-old professional yes. athlete. Yeah. And, so and also, it's I'm a nice place to be able to... Shout out to Fisher. Thank you. All right, for, Greg Fisher. Yes. Yeah. One of our favorites. Uh, we're not going to yeah. go crazy political on this, but uh, exactly. Coach That's Greg Fisher has been a... That, he's been right? a real friend to Louisville City yeah. Football yeah. Club, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. to the yeah. stadium effort, to Scouse's House, to Cooper's. And so, regardless of your politics, if you are a fan of Louisville City Football Club, there hasn't been a bigger... Uh, proponent of that than Greg he's, Fisher. He's at so, the games. He's, he's come to Scouts House before. He's come yeah. several times, but yeah. he's not allowed back because we don't play well when he comes to Scouts' House. <laughs> oh. We do play well when he drums for the Coopers, though, so he's welcome to all the yeah, games. Um, but no, the city itself it's, is a big drawing point. Mm-hmm. It's a low cost of living city, mm-hmm. and Such so it's a, a place city. where a 24-year-old can spend a year, mm-hmm. save some money, Play on a quality and soccer have a team. Great time. We have such a great scene here, and that just wasn't a thing when we were kids. I mean, we just drove no, around yeah. Cherokee Park and like listened to music, and you know. Whatever. I was never but, a kid here. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So, so being being a high school kid here back in like the late '90s, video or can relate. I mean, mm-hmm. there was not jack shit to do but drive around Cherokee Park. They didn't have waterfront park. No, it was a tire recycling facility, and it smelled like. Garbage. I mean, frankly, but that's a that's a big draw for us in in getting people here is how thriving our city is. And the other interesting bit about that is also because Hackworth is in himself a draw to this city among all of the other draws that we have. It's possible that even if we lose some of the players that we have known and loved for the last three, four years, mm-hmm. even if some of those guys move on to a higher club, A, that's a good look for us as a city mm-hmm. or for a cl- as a club. Oh, yeah. You can send guys up to the next yeah. level. Mm-hmm. It's also possible that some of the guys that maybe aren't getting as much playing time right now might end up just getting beat for spots. It might not be that we're losing talent. It might be that we're bringing in better players. Yeah. And so uh, while I have grown enormously affectionate towards the players that we have at this club, the guys that we get to watch, we've Andy and I have been privileged to meet so yeah. many of the players this year doing this podcast. You're also nice. And they have all been just quality human beings, so, which yeah. has been so a delight. And I, you know, I wish that all of them could play here for 15 years and you know win 15 more titles. But it's likely that if we lose guys, it'll be because they're getting huge, great new opportunities, yeah. or because we were able to bring in players who were even better. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's 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 saying something to be in a position like that for your club. Yeah. And so while this may be the last game we get to watch some of our favorites play, Aww. I trust that it's because they're moving up yeah. or we're bringing in even more quality players. Rebirth and that's awesome. Cycle. Like, exactly. You know, you want that you see your guys do well. well and there's clearly some of our careers. guys that are definitely next level. Yeah. There are. Yeah. And, and you just want the best I mean, unless they, career, you know, really sure. love the city. And we've had say. guys, and we've had guys who have said that they maybe stayed here a year longer than they otherwise would have just yeah. because they loved playing for this club, loved living in this city. Also, we should put on a, a send-off event when they if they do leave and we can play Sarah McLaughlin, I will remember you. Okay. You know that make yeah. it a slideshow. Yeah, this has gotten away from us now. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> um, I will Ooh, say that I hope I hope Cry. that uh, I hope that we do have a send off event for them. I remember the send off event last year mm-hmm. where uh, we got to send them off with a pep rally mm-hmm. after a championship. Got mm-hmm. a lot of people taking pictures with the cup, a lot of people yeah. getting some Down experience. On 4th exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of the last thing I have to mention, and then we'll uh, we'll skedaddle on out of here, is uh, for this game. It looks like I can't guarantee this because I don't have inside information, but it looks like we can expect that a uh, former Louisville City Football Club member who has gone on to bigger, if not better, things. Uh, will be coming back for this game, as has been really cool. We got to see Fondy and Sean Reynolds at yeah. uh, the game two weeks ago, and it looks like we're likely to be seeing Mark, Mark Anthony, Anthony K coming Please. into town, who played wonderfully for uh, LAFC this year yeah. in MLS and then took an unfortunate injury, but he was still getting a lot of love on a lot of the broadcasts saying you know, how much that team missed him once he left. He is an up-and-coming star in the league. He got his start in professional soccer with LCFC, and it looks like he may be coming back maybe to toss the coin or at least to be jumping around and cheering for the boys in purple. Uh, We wish him nothing but good health. And uh, also, if he's not coming, you know he'll be watching. He and Tarek Morad and a lot of the other old guys have been uh, tweeting fun stuff about the team during the games and during the run. And maybe he'll even show up at your all's uh, soccer game. He did come. Mark Anthony K did show up for the Wool Cup a couple of years ago. We tried to. He can play Tuesday night, Mark. Tuesday night. He doesn't. Evan doesn't even know what time the game is. I think he. I think he makes enough money now that he would probably be uh, in actual trouble for playing in a rec league game, even if he's healthy enough. Yeah. No, they signed contracts saying they're not going to do that. Put like a wig on. Even then, I think they would probably not be a good idea. Noticeable. Um, um, uh, and then finally, as a send-off tonight, I want to say uh, this is our last podcast of the re- of the official season. Yeah, we it. will we will do a pod next week. Win, lose, or draw, there will be no draws. So win or lose, we'll do a podcast reviewing the. Uh, we will do a podcast reviewing the. <laughs> Uh, USL Cup final, mm-hmm. and that'll be a lot of fun. After that, we have pretty well decided on an every other week yeah. schedule for the off season. Oh wow! Um, as opposed to every week, because there's just not enough news. Um, I believe we'll probably do positional reviews for a couple of weeks. How yeah. the individual guys did. We've got some fun ideas. And uh, some of the guys staying in town may very well stay and come on the pod for from time to time. Get some weird stuff. Get right. some weird stuff planned. But I, I do want to thank everybody that listened to the pod this year. Uh, this was Andy and I just uh, really, uh, it was a pie-in-the-sky idea when we came up with it. Yeah. And thanks so much to Scouse for believing in us and letting us be on 
uh, on their website every week. Uh, thanks so much to Kenny for doing all the technical stuff behind the, the scenes. Young. The vibrant, virile, uh, <laughs> potent Kenny Allward. Um, I, I want to thank I want to thank everybody in Scouse's house for an unbelievable season. Regardless of how Ooh. we do on Thursday night, it's been just another been unbelievable ride, year, and it, it makes me so excited about the future of this club. Yep. We've got a great coach. He's going to start up a wonderful academy for us. He's going to yep. build us into a perennial powerhouse in this league. And in American soccer in general, as we move into the new stadium, uh, the front office, the fans, the team, the players, the medical staff, the coaching, everybody, it's been just such a fun year. But more than anything, I want to say a very heartfelt and warm thank you to my partner, Andy Frederick, who who, uh, I think everybody who's listened to this would agree has grown as a soccer mind throughout this year in a lot of ways. And also just uh, has kept me from being too much of a Mike Hogg and from being, <laughs> and also just from otherwise without him here, I would just be rambling off into nothing all year. Here's here's the thing. And if, you know, anybody who knows Evan and I, um, to me, the biggest deal of this podcast is that Evan and I, since we have been friends, have had these great ideas. <laughs> yes. Have had these amazing ideas and we've just never followed through. And so the fat and every week. Basically every week I, before we started, I've said, I kind of can't believe that we have stuck with this. This yeah. is our 37th show. Yeah. So for yeah. 37 mm-hmm. weeks, we have seen this through. I'm very proud of us. I'm very proud of you because, frankly, you're the one that organizes it and lights a fire under my ass to do it. So thank Aww, you, bud. So well, it's been such a fun year. I appreciate that. I also appreciate all the guests who came on the show this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. All the guys at the club who worked with us. And so while this is not goodbye for the offseason, this is the next time we speak, we'll either be crying about a, an unfortunate end of the season or we will be too amped to, to say some thank you. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a heck of a year. If you are listening to this, then you are a pod fan. You are an LCFC fan. And the fact that, you, that so many of you have uh, tuned in and given us positive feedback has been just yeah. it's been amazing to me this year. Thank you to all the people who actually listen to this. Yeah, and uh, so really, there's there's a game on Thursday, and it's the last game of the year. If you don't have your ticket yet, get it today. Get it tomorrow. If you don't get it tomorrow, you're probably not going to get it. We hope we see all of you out at Lynn Stadium on Thursday night. Come and say hi. Cheer your head off. Uh, Clap your ass off. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, it's the, it's all the marbles. This is it. This babe. is it. This is it and we only uh, can sign off and finish any given podcast in one way, and that's by saying what we always say Go, Go City! City!